0: Aren't you glad he was nailed to the cross for us? Amen. Amen. That's right. You and I. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what
1: a wonderful, wonderful saint.
0: Of the Lord, mm-hmm. Amen. I'm glad we never have to prime the pump when we come in here. Right, right. Amen. that's right. Amen. It just seems like it's always here. That's good. Amen. Thank you very much. That is good. Hallelujah. That tells me everybody. Ready. Amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody's ready. Everybody's, uh, one Amen. Everybody's Amen. ready, so that's good. Amen. Amen. Don't have to do any cheerleading to get you going. You're already there. And I almost forgot, let's pray for the taco sale tomorrow. Man, I tell you what, my think i have everything there and i think i'm just gonna have to start carrying me around a little pad or something i don't know write everything down i came across with this beautiful thought the other morning in prayer and i thought to myself man that is amazing so i think i'm gonna preach on this lord give me permission to preach on this thought and i thought i should have wrote it down because as I went on through the day, I forgot about it and I told the Lord, I said, hey, I can't remember what that thought was. Could you remind me, sure enough, you remind me what it was. I said, okay, I'm writing it down this time. But Lord willing, in the very near future, I'll preach on that thought. It was beautiful. Amen. When it, when it suits us, when it fits us, there's a lot of times that the word has to suit us, has to fit us. We can't just, you know, bring anything and throw it out there. Right. Praise God. It's gotta be inspired by the Lord. Has to be has to be the burden of the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So that's why it's you know it's important for us to be in the spirit. In the spirit. So let's pray for our taco sale tomorrow. Uh, uh, how many pre orders did they have already? Last I knew seventy-two. Seventy-two. Wow. I just <laughs> a couple more, so there's ninety three Wow so that means that's awesome. that means we're gonna be're be, gonna be busy, busy, busy but that's good to be busy. Amen. I'd rather be busy than not busy. Amen. Hallelujah and uh, <laughs> just want to somehow. If you haven't noticed by now, you probably have picked up in my conversations over the pulpit and even fellowship that I really love. And and I've been introduced to the study of the Feast of Jehovah way back when. And not because it was just something that I picked out, and I said, okay, this is what I want to learn, It was actually because of something the Lord revealed to me concerning the feast. And when I when I had that experience, it's just like, man, it hit me. And I thought, wow, what's the whole reason and purpose behind this and even knowing it? I mean, and of course, anything else that you get that you receive from the Lord and, and you want to pursue it, and of course, every time the Lord speaks to you and gives you understanding and revelation, always remember this he will always bear witness to it. If it's from him, he'll bear witness to it. And so that's how I started out. And of course, then uh, Aldo Gerritsen was was here and, and uh, I started talking to him about it. And he just kind of sat back and looked at me for a while and said, Brother, Brother Harold, he said, I believe the Lord has revealed that to you by the Spirit. So I said, okay. And he said, but that's good. He said, do you know what, what, it, what pertains to what it's all about? So I kind of threw out at him what what I felt, and he said, man, that is, that." yep, he said, yep, that's the Lord, so I started, you know, uh, it just got me, I was, uh, how how would you say, I was intrigued, I was uh, just mesmerized, I guess you can say, and so I just began to dig into it, I just began to read, and of course, he showed me where to begin, so I, so I began, and and just like everybody else you, you you want to get acquainted with what what the word of God is saying and you see it there in, in black and white but you know that there's more to it than just the black and white and obviously there is so much to it so so that's what kind of started me to pursue the study of the feast of Jehovah and in the early years of course we didn't have the internet like we have it today we didn't have you know cell phones and iPads and all these all these gadgets that we could just get on there and you can just type it in and then you can push push search. Right. Couldn't do that. Right. Right. It's kinda of funny. It's really something it's ironic really. How that you can gain access to a lot of information that way, but yet you can't gain access to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't work that easy. No. <laughs> it does not. The only reason why is because if you're going to search, Jesus said, search the Scriptures, right. mm-hmm. and you will find. Huh? Right. Amen. 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 Right. You will find. You will find the truth. And it's got to be, of course, that little, uh, if I want to say that, that little nudge or that little leading that you receive mm-hmm. has to be by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will quicken you, quicken your mind and heal. He'll lead you down that path, and you begin to study. So so that's what, that's, you know, I embarked on that, and I, and I started. And you know what? How many of you are like this? You buy all kinds of material. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. I And, of course, we lived in White River then, so, you know, the next bookstore, good bookstore was probably, I uh, wasn't that great either, in Pierre. Mm-hmm. Then you got Rapid City, and, and uh, so there I was. And and talking to different brethren, I said, do you know anybody that's knowledgeable about the Feast of the Lord? And people said, um, not really. And then I was told about one person, so I wrote him a letter, and he answered me, he wrote me a letter back and sent me some material, but it was already what I, already what I understood, already what I read and studied, so I said, okay, well, at least I know we're on the same page. And, um. But I, in me, in me, my spirit, I felt like, man, there's, there's got to be more than this. And I never thought about it. I was sharing with Brother Dan. I was sharing with the brethren the other night. You know what? Jesus is a Jew, isn't he? How many of you knew that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. He was born in the tribe of Judah, the right. royal tribe. Obviously, right. his natural, his right. earthly family were Jews. Right. So he was a Jew. He was, he, he was, he was a Jew twice over. He was a literal, amen, fleshly Jew, and he was a spiritual Jew. So, you know, something caught my mind, and it wasn't right then, right back then, but I, I thought to myself, if Jesus was a Jew, then because he was a Jew, and we have his spirit, we have the mind of Christ. So, obviously, because we have the mind of Christ, there's some things that we are privy to. We can, we can find out. Information we can gain, all we have to do is ask him, he'll tell us. And, uh, amen. But you know, before all that happened, I, uh, I was just, this was eating me up. So I got in contact with a Levite, and uh, his, his last name is actually Levitt. And and I corresponded to him, and he, and you know what, he wrote back to me, and he, he thought that was amazing that a Native American was interested in the Word of God. Uh-huh. That and you know what, so he said, he threw it at me, and I and I retrieved some books from him and. Of course, that Jewish thought, that Jewish thought, that Jewish thought, to understand what it was that they, when they attended the Feast of Jehovah, everything that they understood it to be, of course, you know, it was revealed to them, the Lord instructed Moses, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 12, so everything that was revealed to them through the man of God, Moses, and of course, that was just the beginning, you know, of what the Lord had uh, commanded them to do to, to um, celebrate the feast. Now, now here's one point I want you to understand. So when you approach the, the Feast of Jehovah, did you realize this, that the Jews look at the Feast of Jehovah as and uh, Sierra and Alex will be getting married this coming June 17th. I got that date right up here. And uh, uh, Amen. So when you when, when you when you do that and you prepare, you prepare for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you know that the feasts of Jehovah are feasts that prepare were preparing the Jewish people for the for the wedding. Mm-hmm. It was a marriage celebration. Mm-hmm. So that's how they approach it. So how do you approach a marriage celebration? The joy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's a happy occasion.
1: Yes. Ah. Yes.
0: Praise <laughs> God. It's a celebration. Right. And, and uh, as one person said, one Jew said, it's a wedding party. Right. It's a wedding party. So, man, that's what we do. And so here we are. All this is, of course, being prophetically fulfilled in the church age. But amen. I just want to go back and just kind of give you uh, just a, just a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. So uh, Exodus chapter twelve, and and I'm not going to go through the whole feast. I'm just going to talk about the feast of unleavened bread. The feast of unleavened bread. So you read there in Exodus twelve and verse number fifteen you'll find some scripture there in that in that passage, uh, in that chapter, pertaining to this, and of course you read the instruction he gave to them at the first part of chapter 12 there about concerning the lamb, the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb and the feast of unleavened bread are <coughs> directly related. So remember that. So we see all the instruction, but he goes to uh, verse number 15, it says, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses for whatsoever, for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Wow.
1: Pretty serious.
0: Pretty serious stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Then he says, In the first day there shall be an holy convocation it's a gathering. First day you're gonna have church. And mm-hmm. in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation, another church service mm-hmm. to you, no manner no manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that that only may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. There shall you observe the day in your generations, this day in your generations, by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. So from the 15th of Nisan or Abib to the 21st of that month. They had to eat unleavened bread. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. Do you see that? Yeah. During that period of time, no leaven was to be found in your houses. Right. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. Shall ye eat unleavened bread. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. So we see this. It was a commandment given to them that during this time, There was not going to be, you you weren't allowed to have, you weren't even allowed to have leaven in your home. Couldn't even bring it in your door. Couldn't even carry it over your threshold. Keep leaven out of your house for seven days. Keep it out during this period of time. You notice that before that, they could eat leavened bread. But during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they could not eat the unleavened bread. Everything. So when we talk about that, of course, uh, if we want to kind of get an a, a understanding of what, what that is, leavened bread, and uh, all you sisters in here probably know what that is, leavened bread. Yeast. Yeast. It's yeast. Bread that is made with yeast in it. Of course... We're so used to that diet, aren't we? <laughs> I, I've got to admit to you, and I'm, I'm 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 being transparent right now. One of my weaknesses is not just white cake, but it's bread, bread. <laughs> leavened bread, bread made with yeast. Mmm. We're so used to that now. So, when we take a look at uh, the observance of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a reminder of God's miraculous deliverance from Egyptian bondage. So, when Israel fled from Egypt in the middle of the night, there was no time for bread dough to rise. So, the Lord commanded seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread with it. That is the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. So we see that. The biblical observance of that. And that's the reason why. Okay, The time of the feast the feast of unleavened bread is observed in the early spring our month our months uh, march and april it begins on the 15th day of the hebrew month of nisan and lasts for 7 days because the feast of unleavened bread is 7 day holiday begins the day after passover a one day holiday passover the one day holiday often the two holidays are blurred together and collectively referred to as the 8 days of passover of course if you ever run Uh, study Jewish tradition, you'll find that term always used, eight-day Passover. So it was because uh, Unleavened Bread was connected to the Passover. The Passover is on the 14th, Unleavened Bread began on the 15th. So thus they always say eight days. But that's the the Jewish or Hebrew uh, tradition. All right. So we see that this is something that's really important for us to understand. And, and uh, we, we take a look at it and we, we, can, we can study it from that, from, from the scripture and, and the instructions given to them as far as removing uh, leaven from their home, removing leaven from their home. Home. What do you think that what do you think that means to us? Okay. Removing sin from our home. Removing sin. Removing sin from our lives, from our home. Okay? Removing sin, removing the leaven important for us to understand that seven days they had to do that. Seven days they had to make their bread without leaven. Seven days they had to ingest unleavened bread. Amen. How many of you have ever eaten unleavened bread? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, we, Amen. Eat, we eat unleavened bread. When we take communion, mm-hmm. we eat unleavened bread. Amen. So you think about it and you notice the difference. You notice that, you, know, uh, you know, a little bit in the taste, but even in the texture of the bread, there's a noticeable difference in it. Mm-hmm. Because leavened bread is pretty much puffed up, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Soft. Soft. Mm-hmm. Puffy. Can I say inflated? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and unleavened bread is, is not like that. It's flat. Mm-hmm. It's actually deflated. Mm-hmm. And and a little bit on the you know, it, you know, because of its the lack of the the ingredients of yeast of, of leaven, it's 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 flat so it cooks pretty quick and so it becomes a look like a cracker. Mm-hmm. Like a cracker. How many ever have eaten Jewish bread before? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what that's like? I remember when we got lost in New York City going on a way over to Connecticut and we stopped and we stopped in a Jewish neighborhood. I walked into this convenience store and I was trying to ask directions to get back on, to try to get to 95 and guess, back then we didn't have a, uh, what do you call that now? GPS. GPS. And I was trying to read that map and I got kind of confused because New York City is New York City. And amen, and, and I walked in there and guess what, that, And I realize, then I realized, hey, we're in the Jewish neighborhood. <laughs> and you know what, they had the Jewish bread, they had it all sitting out on their shelves and I was looking at and I was looking at it and. Of course, the gentleman I asked, he, he you know, he he gave me directions. I mean, this is where you need to go. Of course, we didn't follow his directions because we took off an exit early and we ed- ended up in Greenwich Village. Greenwich Village, yeah. Village. whatever they call it, Greenwich Village. We drove down that boulevard and all we could see was mansions and big yards and gates. And uh, I told my wife, I said, this is unbelievable. How could you even maintain a house like
1: that? Right.
0: Man, I said, barely have a hard time paying our a utility bill, let alone a mansion. Right. And we just go through that neighborhood with our eyes as big as saucers and our chins down on our chest. Do you know what I mean. But I thought to myself, well, at least we got a better mansion up in heaven. Those mansions don't compare to what we have in heaven. But I'm not trying to get distracted from that. But you know, that was our experience. But when you when you know, you know, being uh, of Jewish descent, you you know, you know their their diet. It's a little bit different than our diet, obviously. But they're used to that. But you, can you imagine eating bread that is flat? Even the show bread. I don't mean to get off uh, to kind of take a detour, but when you look up that meaning show bread the literal the literal meaning in, in the Hebrew is this show me bread mm-hmm. now why do you suppose that they use that term show me bread the show bread show me bread what happens when we ingest the word of God are right. illuminated we're illuminated because we ingest God's word guess what happens the word comes alive and guess what the word is alive and active mm-hmm. right. and not only that you know what it, God will reveal to us mm-hmm. everything we need to know about him about our salvation mm-hmm. and and so he shows us and of course in the context of the priest and how they ate it and i was sharing this with the brethren the other night and I said uh according to tr- jewish the jewish tradition and teaching The showbread actually is connected to the Zodiac or to the constellations. It has a meaning. Each one of those pieces of showbread were marked so they were connected to the Zodiac, to the constellations. What does that mean? Uh, Basically, understanding that comes from above. Mm -hmm. Revelation that comes from above. Okay? So that's amazing, isn't it? That's why this Bible is a precious book to Mm -hmm. dig into Mm -hmm. and to search and to, you know, like Jesus said, you know, the flesh profiteth nothing, but the words that I speak unto you, they are life. Amen. Mm -hmm. And he was referring to himself as the bread of what? Life. Life. Mm -hmm. So we get, we receive eternal life. But anyway, I didn't mean to get deterred, but you think about uh, when, when, we're talking about the feast of unleavened bread and everything that was given as far as the instruction, you know, to eat it without, eat this bread, make this bread without any leaven. In other words, no yeast it has to be made without yeast. Of course, it's a type of sin. So in other words, those seven days, they had to, to remove leaven from the home. And uh, that was a a... To interpret it correctly, it means sanctification. Sanctification. Sanctify. You notice that? Sanctify. We are going to be sanctified. We ingest God's word, we remove sin out of our life and we ingest God's word. And through that process, what did he say? He said, Jesus said that. Uh, amen. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So when we ingest the word of God, of course there's no sin in the word, is there? And we're sanctified. That process of sanctification takes place. That's why it's important for us to have a habit of study a habit of prayer and then when we do that what's going to happen the lord is going to be able to sanctify us mm-hmm. sanctify our spirit sanctify our mind our soul our body sanctify us holy as the apostle paul said so we will be sanctified that's the reason why the removal of leavened bread. It all has to be unleavened. The removal of sin mm-hmm. and the ingestion of unleavened bread. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's something, isn't it? Amen. In the modern day Jewish households, uh, back in the day, Sister Betty and I were invited to eat the Passover with Brother Rick Kimball and Sister Marcy Kimball. Mm-hmm. And of course, they told us, you know, they just kind of gave us an idea. You need to be ready. Get yourself ready. That's okay. We will. And uh, I can't remember what happened at that time, but something happened in the family where we had to postpone it. Of course, in Jewish tradition, if you weren't able to, to partake of the Passover at the, at the prescribed date, then you could go 30 days later. So they said, we can do it 30 days later. I said, okay, fine. You know, they're Jews. So they were following their, their, the, the Torah to the T. And uh, of course, we weren't able to, to uh, have it with them then either so you know we missed out uh, having the Passover and and, uh, and that's a little bit different than the Feast of Unleavened Bread okay so but Jews Jewish households when they prepare for the Feast of Unleavened Bread listen to this it's the preparations that they go through they prepare you know for the Passover and unleavened bread Weeks before it takes place, the preparation for it—they make preparations, they go through it, they get ready weeks before it takes place. Can you imagine that? Before it even happens, they don't wait for the day before (laughs) or the day of. They get themselves psyched up. Amen. You know how that important that is for us to prepare ourselves. I want to Amen. use that in that sense to get ourselves psyched up. Right. To Amen. prepare ourselves. Get ourselves ready. How many of you get yourselves ready? For church, yes. for Bible study. You yes. get yourself ready. Amen. It should be something that Amen. happens before you right. come. That's right. Because, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to anticipate. Yes, You're going to prepare. So that's what they do uh, for Passover and um, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And, and this is what, this is what happens in a, in a modern Jewish home. They begin to clean their, their houses, their apartments, or wherever they're living. They begin to clean them. You know what they begin to do? They begin, they wash walls. And if need be, they even repaint. Wow. <laughs> Washing and repainting uh, cooking utensils are meticulously uh, uh, made ready. Uh, how would I say that? Uh, we talk about uh, disinfect. They are they are cleaned in in scalding hot water. They are cleaned. Uh, clothing is washed, and when they wash their clothing, you know what they do? How many of you pull the pockets out of your jeans and your and your shirts and stuff, and uh, or your skirts, when you throw your washing, and, and your laundry in the washer. How many of you do that? No, we just throw it in there. And I, I did that. I did that the other day. I did my blue jeans. I just grabbed them and threw them in. There. I, I didn't care. As long as they get washed. Which you know, what, you know what they do? They pull the pockets. Yeah. Wow. You know why? Because they want their pockets, even their pockets, to be thoroughly washed. Wow. Ooh, turn things inside out. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what they do, they turn their pockets inside out. Uh, they vacuum their carpets and sometimes even if they have to be cleaned, uh, when they get done vacuuming their carpets and their vacuum bags, you know what they do? They immediately get rid of their vacuum bags. <laughs> okay. That's how meticulous it is. That's how meticulous the preparation is. Vacuum bags are discarded. Uh, Special dishes are brought out and used for the feast. Every, Every one of them is scrubbed, scoured and cleaned and aired in preparation. Wow. That's something. Think about that. On the night before the Passover and before Unleavened Bread, uh, they offer evening prayers. And, of course, modern-day Jewish families will go to the synagogue for that. And the father of, of the household will perform what they call, and I cannot pronounce it in, in the Hebrew, and I'll try, Bedekat Hametz, Bedekat hametz or the search for leaven ceremony So every person the male leader of the household does that they go on that you know ceremonial search for leaven in the household search for leaven man something isn't it Amen. search for leaven okay and here's here's the custom before this all happens before he does his search for leaven the mother the lady of the household will place a few bits of bread in several corners or even on the windowsills of the house so that there will be some leaven present to be found <laughs> they just go through it on the search for leaven if if they're searching for leaven, they're going to find leaven. So it's just something that they do. Okay? After reciting the benediction for that particular uh, uh, activity or that event, the the father begins the the search. And he uses an old wooden spoon in one hand and a goose feather in the other. Wow. Mm. Wooden spoon and a goose feather. It's amazing, isn't it? Okay? Okay? So I'm just talking about Jewish tradition. Okay? And then when he does his search, he does it by candlelight. He does it by candlelight. He searches from room to room to discover the distributed breadcrumbs or scraps. The children follow behind with great excitement as he carefully uses the feather to sweep the bread he finds onto the wooden spoon. Finally, the bits of bread, the wooden spoon, and the feather are placed inside a bag or wrapped in a cloth. This is tied with a thread and set aside to be burned the next morning. Wow. The search for leaven ceremony. The search for leaven ceremony. So you think that. You think, you you know, that's what the Jew. of course that's the modern day observance a little bit different than you know what they did back in uh, you know, after Moses began to teach and, but the whole thing the, the whole thing about it is just is removing leaven from your home mm-hmm. removing leaven from the home to me that's interesting Because they seem to, in in a sense, you know, of course, you know the literal uh, the literal uh, ceremony of, of leavened bread is, you know, just taking leaven out of your home. But but they understood what that really meant, you know, uh, removing sin from your home, and obviously removing sin from yourself. Any contact with sin. Any appearance of sin was dealt with. They did it in this manner, and and even in a sense of how they discarded all the the uh, instruments that they used, the spoon, and and uh, the the goose feather and all that. When they found the sin, when they located it, and then when they picked it up, and then they put it in a bag, and then. After that, they burned it. In other words, they didn't have they didn't want to be defiled by the sin that they found. They wanted to be free. They wanted to be clean. They wanted to be liberated from it. So can you imagine that? Amen. Having that kind of mentality. Having nothing to do with sin. Remember, it was during this particular time, only during this particular time, that they practiced that they practice. Now listen to this. Listen, this is interesting. I found this pretty interesting because the unleavened bread, <clears throat> of course you go back and you study that and you, in Leviticus 23 and you study in Deuteronomy 16 and you study about unleavened bread. Now you notice in preparation for the Passover and the unleavened bread, uh, uh, praise God, they removed the leaven. They removed the yeast. Then you go over and then you study. You study about the Feast of Pentecost and the loaves that were prepared for the Feast of Pentecost. Now listen to this. The yeast was not removed from that bread. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, isn't it? And during this particular time, during the Feast of Pentecost, guess what happened? The priests, when they they made the loaves, and for that particular service or ceremony of Pentecost, they made two loaves that were used in the ceremony. Two loaves used in the ceremony. Amen. Mm -hmm. Why was that? What was the significance of using two loaves that were leavened? Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. But God always has a purpose, don't He? Mm -hmm. There's always some understanding or some purpose to what God does and why He does it. And, of course, that was all a type and shadow of what was going to happen in the New Covenant. So, obviously, the bread that was made during the Passover and unleavened bread symbolized, it was unleavened bread, symbolized... The body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who was what? Without sin. Mm Alright. Unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. Without sin. But you come to Passover. You come to the two loaves of wheat bread that were offered up. Barley and wheat. Barley and wheat. (coughs) Why barley and wheat? That's something, isn't it? Anybody ever think about that? Anybody ever read about that? Barley and wheat. Why is that? Why the two loaves of barley and wheat? What was so significant about it? Of course, when you look and you study certain images of, of Egypt, of Egypt, excuse me, of Israel, anything in connection to Israel, of course, they have certain symbols, you know, that like, the, for example, the Star of David. That's how you know that they were from Israel, or they're Jewish. They're the Jewish nation. Mm-hmm. And also, when it pertains to like certain, <clears throat> certain uh, foods that they were connected to, guess what? Israel was always likened to a loaf of wheat bread. Mm-hmm. Mm. You ever see that symbol? Kosher. Yeah. 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 You see that? That's a, a, what do you call it? A bud of wheat. Mm-hmm. And it's always like this. And that symbolizes, of course it came from Israel. It came from Israel. It had that symbol on it. But always symbolizes Israel. Wheat symbolizes Israel. Barley symbolizes, are you ready? The Gentile people. So... When when they were used in that ceremony, the priest lift both the wheat, barley, and the wheat and the barley up. And of course, remember I said they were made. They were leavened loaves of bread. Why? Why? Why does it why were they made of leaven? Well, guess what? We're still mortal beings, aren't we? We're still mortal beings. The Lord, He was without sin. Okay, unleavened bread. Here we are. The Gentiles, they were going to be offered up. They were leavened. Guess what? We had sin in our lives before we came to know the Lord, didn't we? They were going to be offered up. Even the Jews had sin in their life. And then the Gentiles had sin. So they're offered up what? A, a leavened piece, uh, a, a leavened loaf of bread. So here we are. Those two pieces of, or loaves of bread, represented the Jewish. And the gentile people I think. Of course, he understood. He understood what he was doing. And obviously, uh, when you think about that, and you think about everything that was done during the, the feast of, uh, you know, the Passover, but the feast of unleavened bread. The feast of unleavened bread. The Passover represents his death. Unleavened bread also represents his burial. And the first fruits was his resurrection. So boom, boom,
1: boom. Mm-hmm.
0: The first fruits. The first fruits took place fifty days before Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. So that does that kind of mm-hmm. is it making sense to mm-hmm. you now? Mm-hmm. So so obviously God has a has a purpose and everything. But remember what we're talking about. We're talking about the feast of un. Um, Leaven bread. Mm-hmm. He said, Ye shall eat unleavened bread. Seven days ye shall eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven. Put away leaven out of your houses. The first day get rid of all the leaven. Type of sin. Get rid of all sin let me tell you something here's, here's something that I want you to understand something that has to be you know we meditate and we meditate in God's word and we meditate on the things of God one thing that we need to understand one thing that needs to be in our mind is that we should have nothing to do with sin sin is not something that we should be connected to willingly are you listening to me we need to amen Uh, as the scripture says you know we're to hate sin we're to be turned off at evil we should have nothing to do with sin Mm -hmm. should not be something that we should uh praise god be thinking about in our minds Mm -hmm. something that we should be mindful of that's the reason why he said hey get all of the leaven out of your homes In other words, have nothing to do with anything that is leavened. In other words, have nothing to do with sin. Get sin out of your homes. Get sin out of your lives. Praise God. Seven days. Seven days they did. Seven days. The work of sanctification was being done. Wow. Can I uh, use this to kind of insert a little bit more of uh, what, we, what we would call a, an allegory? Mm-hmm. Seven days, they ate unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. They survived on unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Human nature can survive without sin. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 amen amen we can survive we can basically now listen to this spiritually change our diet amen. where we don't have a taste for sin anymore we have a taste for righteousness amen. a taste for truth yes. are you listening to me yes. to unjust yes. unleavened bread is we're eating bread that has, if I want to say it this way, has no sin in it. Wow. Think about that. That's food for thought, isn't it? Just kind of puts you in in, in in a place where you understand, you realize what it is, why God does things that He does a certain way and a certain thing. And you know, all He He doesn't want us to figure it out. He just wants us to obey it. Just obey my commandments. That's all you have to do because obedience will lead you to salvation right. obedience will lead you to to lead you to sanctification obedience will lead you to justification Yes. yes. Right. 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 as we always try to scratch our head and figure it out well, why do we have to do this right. <laughs> yep. right. that understanding will come later on yes. all you have to do is obey God Right. Yeah. Amen. all you have to do is obey God so <clears throat> leaven is not something that we should we should have in our homes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Breaking out the candle stick. Breaking out the goose feather. And the wooden spoon. Doing that search. Going through your home. You know why it is we have a lot of problems? Uh, Let me tell you something. I know God's word is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But why is it sometimes we have struggles and we have certain trials? Yes, we go through trials. Yes, we go through certain things. But some of them are the result of us delving into things we shouldn't be delving into. Are you listening to me? Like the Apostle Paul said in in, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 25, I think it is, 24 or 25, that, amen, that whatever uh, a man will be judged according to the things that he has done. And there's no respect of persons. We wonder why it is sometimes we have hardships. Well, yes, we suffer hardships sometimes in life, but, you know, a lot of hardships are brought on upon the things that we do, the choices we've made. So as a result, guess what? Amen. If we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. What we sow is what we're going to reap. That's the law of sowing and reaping. And that's what it says in God's Word, isn't it? So when we allow ourselves to do that so that we wonder why certain things are there and certain things or you know, there's if I want to say it in that way, trouble, uh, tumults, tumults you know, you think about that, when God said that there would be peace in our lives.
1: Right. right. That's right. That's
0: right. Certain hardships, certain battles, certain things. Yes, I know we, we go through that. You know, we're not exempt from temptation. We're not exempt from trial. We're not exempt from tribulation. But yet God gives us the grace. God gives us the peace that we can be able to endure. In other words, your world is not going to be that shaken. right? Because He will be with you. But see, that's the thing about it. Searching. Searching. I was trying to remember we were talking about certain things the other night in men's, men's group and uh, I don't know I was just thinking after I got home when was the, when was the first cell phone I ever, I ever got I was trying to think when it was I had got, first got a cell phone and I think that was right around had to be 2005 or 2006 because we did have one but that was just kind of for everybody my wife and I. And when we needed to, we had a land, landline, we used the landline. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think, why did we even? Huh? Right. What made us do that? Mm-hmm. For some reason, somehow it just kind of came in, made its way in. Has, has anybody ever noticed when that happened in your life? Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you so keen as far as certain events in your life that you can know when it is? When you actually got your first cell phone? Right. How it just kind of somehow just mm. made its way. Yeah. Of course, there's probably some good reason why we bought it. Right. Right. I always remember my wife and I, I can't remember what year was that, when we brought that bad phone. <clears throat> that was in the '90s, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, and and Remember the bag phone, yeah, yeah, Stephanie was saying, "Dad, yep. in case anything ever happens to you on the road, you need a bag phone." That was a good, yep. huh? Yep. That was a good reason. <laughs> so we invested in a bag phone, a Motorola bag phone yes. with a <laughs> little antenna on it, so yes. we could plug it in, and in case we needed an emergency on the road. guess what we had it. That's right. But guess what? It served other purposes too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But we look at it that way. Mm-hmm. How am I getting on phones? I don't know, but I'm talking about leaven. I'm talking about a little leaven, leaveneth a whole lump. Oh uh, yeah. And and you think about that. So we're talking about unleavened bread tonight. And that's what we're talking about. But you think about it, and I was trying. I was trying. And that's how I got onto. It. I was trying to remember when that was. When that was. And of course, you know. And I'll, and I'll admit to you, my mind is not as sharp as it used to be 10 years ago. I know that. I know that now. At least I'm accepting that. Mm-hmm. But praise God, I was trying to remember that. I was thinking, wow. <clears throat> our lives sure have changed. Mm-hmm. Amen. Things happen. Things come in. What, what, what I'm trying to say is things come into our lives that maybe we don't pay that close attention to to and somehow they just enter in our lives and we adjust to it mm-hmm. and it's there and we go oh wow you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. you make that adjustment and this becomes part of the impression is like wow yep. mm-hmm. it's normal right <laughs> no and just think we never even used to have need a cell phone mm-hmm. If he wanted to talk to somebody, just go to the house or just right. sit across right. the table from them, have a right. good conversation.
1: Right. That's
0: right. Even wink at each other. Whatever you
1: got to do. <laughs> but now,
0: <laughs> so that's a big, you know, you you young kids, you probably just you're lost right now. I know yeah. you are. Yeah. <laughs> you totally lost. <laughs> All you. Millennials, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm coming. I'm talking about another century.
1: Yes, that's right. Praise
0: God. <coughs> Praise God. So, so, but you think about it. Now we're talking. We're still talking about leaven. I'm not haven't gone off of that yet. I'm talking about leaven, and when you think about leaven, and the reason why. That this was important to the Jews and why the Lord implemented it in the celebration of the feast. And at this particular time, you ever notice that? It's right at the beginning. It's right after the Passover. Mm-hmm. It was instituted. It's it, Here's a good question for thought. Because I've been down this road so many times in, in, my, in my earlier years. But... I thought to myself, when I first got into this years ago, I thought, well, how come some of these feasts aren't repeated, and why did they, Why were they placed in certain times of the year? Good question. Because if, if you follow God's instruction, they all, like I said, there's a purpose to every one of them. Here you have the Passover, the death of the Passover lamb on the night of the 14th, on the evening of the 14th, the Passover lamb was slain. Midday after that, the feast of unleavened bread was amen, was partaken of, or obeyed. Seven days, the feast of unleavened bread. So you have the Passover lamb. Jesus was our Passover. He was slain for us. For our sins and for the sins of the whole world. And as a result of that sacrifice, guess what unleavened bread comes into place? In other words, because he died for our sins. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be, amen, wouldn't it be uh, fortunate for us to be able to receive that atonement that he has given to us by grace? Because we certainly didn't earn this. Right. And he took our judgment upon us. That's right. Upon himself. That's right. Our judgment. Right. Because it should have been us who were hanging on that cross. Right. But he hung there in our place. Right. He was our substitute. Right. And guess what he did? He paid our ransom. Wow. He redeemed us. Jesus. Wow. And then immediately after that, the Feast of unleavened Bread. In other words that death is not going to be something that is going to be realized, something that is going to, amen, uh, be experienced unless we get sin out of our lives. Unless we can come to that point where we can just remove sin. And that's what we have to do. We have to remove sin from our homes, from our lives, from everything that we do. We have to take the leaven out. We have to... Do some soul searching. My, my, my. And you know what? If you didn't, if you didn't under the old covenant, guess what? He said that that soul would be separated. You would be cut cut off. See, that's how serious... The sin question is. Mm-hmm. That's how serious it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we look at it and see. Our, we're used, we, we were used to living in sin all these years. Mm-hmm. Right. huh? Yeah. We didn't realize. We didn't even realize the, the impact of sin. We thought, oh man. Huh? We were lost in sin. Right. Right. Didn't right. even know. Right. But that's how serious the sin question is. God wants us to be able to to remove sin from our lives right. Amen. that's why we should all have a distaste for sin yeah. right. Huh? Right. that's why we should all have a a, a good strong conviction yes. against sin yes. hallelujah <laughs> hate sin right. how many of you hate sin yeah. learn how to hate sin Learn how to eschew evil. Be turned off at it. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be turned on about sin or right. evil. Right. We should be turned off. It should be something that we just, in disgust, mm-hmm. turn away from it and say, hey, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Your human nature always wants to pull you back around. To me, when you think about that, and you think about every Jew back then, I was see in their minds during that period of time saying, have nothing to do with sin. Have nothing to do with sin. Remove the leaven from our home. Remove the leaven from... Can you imagine them thinking that every day, those seven days? That first day, that second day, oh, we got to get leaven out of our home. We have to get it out. We have to keep it out. Otherwise, if we don't, guess what? We're going to be cut off from our people. Huh? Wow. Can you imagine that? Every day they have to... Guess what? Your mind... You're still connected to your right. carnality. Right. So your mind is going to work against you. Right. But here they were, and they were thinking about it. Man, this is the second day. I have to get sin out of, out of my, my home, sin out of my, my life, sin out of my heart, sin out of my mind. Seven days. And there comes the fourth day. Oh, I have to remove living out of my home. Going through that same scenario all over and over again until the seventh day until finally they reach sanctification. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: What's really sad, a lot of people that do not hate sin are going to find... Out the reality of loving sin. Right. When they're gonna be separated right. from God eternally and separated from their family eternally. That's the reality of loving sin. That's the reality of entertaining sin. Whew. Entertaining, did you hear that? Entertaining man. Think about that. That's a sober thought, isn't it?
1: That's
0: the price of it. Like a lot of people believe, oh, you're saved by grace. So you can just go on and just... Never mind, you'll, you'll be okay. No, no, no. Pray tell. Where does it say that in the scripture? Paul said, Shall we sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Am I making sense? I'm taking my time because I want you to comprehend what I'm talking to you about. I'm trying to put emphasis on it. I'm trying to put conviction on you. My, my, my. Instead, we ought to develop a love for truth. We ought to develop a love for righteousness. Are you listening to me? We ought to develop a love for holiness. You know what holy means? Separation from sin. Yes. My, my, my. So when you, when you look at uh, leaven and what it represents, of course it represents sin, 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 sin. <clears throat> You go over into the New Testament and you're going to find out in the New Testament uh, there are five types of leaven in the New Testament.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 5. or Excuse me, 2nd. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 5. I think I was talking about and you see there what the Apostle Paul, what the Apostle Paul was talking about here. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. When we talk about the different the five types of leaven in the scripture, and and you think about that, you know, Jesus was talking to his disciples about uh, uh, you know having the leaven of the Pharisees. How many of you remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and. Uh, so obviously he was trying to somehow get them to understand that 11, that type of leaven was not good. But you see here, uh, well, let's, let's, let's begin this way. Uh, the five types of leaven found in the New Testament, let's begin this way. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 6. This first type of leaven is called the leaven of Herod. The Leaven of Herod. Mark chapter 6 and beginning right on verse number 14, I think it is. Uh, It says in verse number 14, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. talking about John the Baptist. And he said, Take John the Baptist, that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. So he thought Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the dead, basically. Others said that it is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet, or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him, and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man, and holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. And when a, covenant, uh, when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee, and when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod, and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom and she went forth and said unto her mother what shall i ask and she said the head of john the baptist and she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked saying i will that thou give me by and by in a charge of the head of john the baptist and the king was exceeding sorry yet for his own sake and for their sakes what sat with him he would not reject her And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be bought, and he went and beheaded him in the prison. So here we see the leaven of Herod. Man, talk about a, a very gruesome story. Amen. What happened? Just because somebody pleased him Mm -hmm. remember John the Baptist obviously reproved him for his relationship with Herodias that was his brother Philip's wife you're living in an ungodly situation there that's adultery so because of that Herod feared John but Herodias got her revenge and when she told her daughter ask him for the head of John the Baptist. You think about this. Herod, being the teacher of Galilee, being, being you know the king, and appointed king, he could have said, no. Right. He could have said, no, nope. you can ask anything that you want to ask, but not that. Right. Nobody's going to touch, touch John the Baptist. Right. Leave him alone. Ask me something else. But because he made that statement in front of all those that were with him, all those dignitaries and all those important people, guess what? He was in a place. He was in a predicament. And guess what he did? He surrendered. So that he could please those that were around him.
1: Ooh.
0: you know what that's called Politics. yeah politics <laughs> yeah that's good it definitely is there's a lot of politics not just in the in the nation's capital and all over there's a lot of politics yes but you, you know what that is that, that is the sin of worldliness yes. in other words you're doing right. everything to please everybody that is around you You know what the Bible says? Don't follow a multitude to do evil.
1: That's right.
0: right. right. Don't don't be a crowd pleaser or a crowd follower. Right. That's right. Don't share the consensus of the world. A lot of people do things they don't even know why they do them. They do it just because everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is going through the motion, so I might as well go through the motion. You don't even know why you're you're moving that way. The leaven of worldliness. I do it because everybody else is doing it.
1: Hallelujah.
0: That's something, isn't it? The leaven of Herod. You go over to Matthew 16, and I'm running out of time here. Matthew 16, excuse me. And... uh, Right around verse number um, six. If I'm reading that right. Verse number five. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Listen to this conversation. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Beware of their leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have taken no bread? (laughs) Which when Jesus perceived that, he said unto them, "O O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have not brought no bread. Do ye not understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets ye took up? neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that you do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Mm -hmm. So you see here, he was telling them, don't be like them. The leaven of the Pharisees, or the leaven of the Sadducees, was what? False doctrine. False doctrine. Mm -hmm.
1: Self righteousness.
0: Self righteousness, but in a sense, guess what? They were not spiritual.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. They were
0: carnal. You know why they weren't spiritual? because the Bible says they didn't believe in angels or spirits (laughs) you'd be surprised how many even people in the church world don't believe in
1: angels
0: (laughs) they look at you like you're from another planet so the leaven of the Sadducees where they were not they didn't even believe Here's, here's your thing They didn't even believe in the resurrection. Wow. That's not being spiritual. The 11th of the Pharisees, go with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Verse number one <clears throat> He says in the, in the meantime when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Man. What do you think? What's a a good definition of hypocrisy?
1: Say one thing and do
0: another. There you go. Say one thing and do another. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. You put burdens on people that even you yourselves aren't able to bear. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Being a hypocrite. Praise God. So the leaven of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. The other type of leaven in the New Testament is the leaven of... In, we find in First Corinthians five. I know we started out there, but we're going to go back there. First Corinthians five. I'll let you get there. First Corinthians five. And I'm going to have to hurry up here. First Corinthians five.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: pages are stuck here. First Corinthians five. And hold on here.
1: Wow. Hallelujah.
0: First Corinthians five. And, oh Lord, I
1: miss
0: you on Yeah, uh, we'll start with verse number one. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, hallelujah. Okay. Verse number one. It is reported commonly that there's fornication among you. And such fornication as? not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Look, look, what, look how they dealt with sin. That person's committing fornication, adultery, and they're saying, he said, he hasn't been removed. Right. Wow. He hasn't been removed for I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done that hath so done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such as such an one unto the satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit might be saved in the day of the lord jesus your glory is not good knowing not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. guess what here's the thing let me translate that you allow sin in the body and if you don't do anything about it guess what it's going to spread yes if you don't deal with it it's going to spread We can't even guess what. If I I read this right, Paul said he there was he didn't want to tolerate. Right, right. He said if I was there, I would. He said I'd judge right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Now this person that has done this. Guess what? See, there's a difference, you know. And 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 we shouldn't always use that as a crutch. Oh, we're humanity. Mm Right. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, your mind should be in the right place with God. You're you're Objective is to yes. live for God, not to live right. in sin. Yes. And so that should be your mindset. You should be living in sin. You shouldn't be concerned. I mean, you're living in righteousness, you shouldn't be concerned about sin. Right. Right. Sin is something that you shouldn't have your mind, and that's what that's what Paul's trying to say. I've judged already that, that person, guess what? Bye-bye.
1: That's
0: right. And then he says this. Purge up, therefore the old leaven. Get that sin out of yourselves. Get it out of the church. Mm-hmm. That, ye be, that ye may be a new lump. Guess what? You don't think your sin affects the body? Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Big time. Big time. Can you imagine what it would be like if we just Humbled ourselves to God's righteousness. Wow. There's, there's, there's. You know, every once in a while, and and I, and I pray. I, I do my best to pray against it, because I feel it. Uh, it's hard to explain that. You, you, hopefully, some of you might know what I'm talking about. But every once in a while, I feel something brush up against me. It's just like, whew. and. Uh, it's uh, it's wicked it's wicked there's still a little bit of of that uh, uh, how can I say it how could I what's the correct word of um, that I want to use for this sometimes I'll feel it every now and then and it, it just kind of brushes up against me and it goes it just kind of goes and I go wow why is that Lord why is it why is that but it's, it's like there's some that are almost like they're in a, how would I say? They're in a contest. Or, what, what would I say? What's the, that, that, may, that might not be the right word, but uh, you know, when, when, you, when you're concerned about trying to do better than somebody or be better than somebody, competition. 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 I feel that every once in a while it rubs up against me. I go, "Woo! Guess what? We're not competing against one another in here. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord.
1: Yes, Yes.
0: not one of us is better than the other. If you have that mentality, you need to pray through.
1: That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right.
0: We're all equal. Amen. But I'm just saying this because look what Paul said. This person should be dealt with. Get, right. Hey, get him out of your ranks. Right. Mm-hmm. If I just want to, you know, put a right. modern yeah. Yeah. Right. translation in it. Get him out of the body right. until he repents. Right. Did you realize that? You can't come back in here and be a part of it until you repent. Right. right. That's right. You, you come with that repent of attitude. You come and humble yourself to God. You come and humble yourself to the body until right. right. you repent. It it just seems like we want to put our own twist upon that. Yeah. <laughs> but what was this what was the leaven of the Corinthian church? Malice. What was the leaven? Paul Paul was talking about it. He's talking about it right here in this Malice. chapter. Wickedness. You know what Wiccation it was? What what was going on?
1: Versiviousness?
0: Fornication. Versiviousness. Adultery. What was going on? You know what that is? Sensuality. Right. Okay. Okay. Woo. We're not fleshly. Right. We should. We should deal with sensuality. That's something that we should not let. Woo. And and, you know why is it? Let me tell you something. Why is it? A lot of you, you young, and and please, I'm not talking to you, Sarah. Okay. I'm not talking to you, because you're, you've got a man. Why is it that a lot of you young folk always want to be looking for the opposite sex and you're not even ready? That's right.
1: right.
0: You don't have a job? Right. You don't have security? Right. Why are you looking at the opposite sex? Why are you young ladies looking at the opposite? You have- you're not ready for that. You know what? You're not mature enough up here in your mind, in right. your spirit. You're not ready for a relationship That's right. until you get to that point where you can understand what it's all about. And you know what? You moms and dads need to be teaching your children. Oh, yeah. Quit, quit uh, enabling them. Oh, that's fine. That's cute. No, it's not cute. No. Woohoo. If you're really serious about seeking somebody else, then you need to approach it in the right manner. You need to get yourself ready. Get your life ready. Create some stability in your life. First of all, be faithful to church. Get your life together financially. Because you know what? A relationship costs money. I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. Because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the other person. And then pretty soon the little mom that are going to come along. That costs money. Yes, it does. Where are you going to get your money? Oh, we're in love. <laughs> well, if it was true love, <laughs> you would count to cost.
1: Right. That's right. Oh. That's what the scripture says. cost. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It's kind of funny. People want to get in relationships. They don't have a job. They don't have a home. Right. They don't have these certain things that have to be in place, and they they, they want to get in a relationship. No, no, no. no. Uh-huh. If you don't get in a relationship, and then all that comes later. No, no. That's why there's a lot of divorces. That's why the people can't stay yes, together. That's right. true. All the responsibilities of life. hallelujah yeah. Oh, what? I, I don't know why I got off on that, but. okay. the 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 last leaven in, in the New Testament is. Is Galatians 5 9 and uh, Galatians 5 9? So if you say that you haven't heard it, well, then you just heard it. Mm-hmm. Galatians, uh, did I give, yeah, I'll give you a chapter? Didn't I? <clears throat> In chapter 5 and Verse nine, it says, "This uh, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump." He's talking about. Uh, if you read that, oh, uh, I guess I'm, I'm missing some scripture verses, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, verse number one: Stand fast, therefore, in liberty. Wherewith Christ, Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Mm-hmm. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised. Christ shall profiteth you nothing. Pay attention to what he's saying. For I testify again, again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You did run wild. Who did, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So what was the leaven that Paul, remember he's talking to the Galatians church, but what was he addressing when he wrote this letter to the church at, 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 in Galatians? Being, being bound by a
1: law that the law of circumcision
0: yes yeah. being bound by the law legalism in other words, you know what they're saying they're saying that yes you can believe in the Lord but you have to be circumcised too mm-hmm. right. so they're trying to combine the law of Moses with amen right. the faith of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. legalism mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that still you know believe in legalism mm-hmm. that's an interesting word and it has a very definitive definition but if you understand what that's all about because uh, that's another that's another thing amen so the the leaven of legalism you can find that sometimes in certain fellowships concerning certain things concerning certain things concerning certain doctrines Concerning certain traditions. Certain beliefs. You can find that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll stop there for tonight. I went over. Forgive me. Pray for our taco sale tomorrow. Man, that's a lot of pre-orders. Gonna be busy. Tomorrow night we will be having rehearsal. Friday night, uh, youth. Okay, did you hear that? Come prepared for youth, all you young people. That's everybody. If you're 99 years old, you're still youth. Praise God. that's That's why I feel that way.
1: Yeah
0: a lot? All right. Thank you very much for coming. God bless you. Greet one another. Have a good rest of the evening.